Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to season two of Cambridge Islamic College's podcast, the Tafsir of Surah Kaf. How can we prefer the afterlife over this life? How can we prefer faith over materialism? Sheikh Akram's Tafsir of Surah Al-Kaf explores this in the light of the Quran, the challenging issues of the modern times, and what guidance we can get from this surah to find a solution. Um, just to expand on this last point, uh, there's two points that. Some people, it's a common thing now that when people make dua, they usually don't make dua, I would say, to Allah, but they make dua to a person. So for example, they say, may Allah give you this, may Allah give you that, just lip service. But at the end, they add inshallah as well. Uh, so should they do that or not? And the second point is, uh, just to clarify, um, if you're speaking to someone, so say you've already made a decision to do something, and then somebody asks you about the decision for the first time, you should say inshallah, and you shouldn't repeat after that, or you shouldn't even say it to them the first time. You make it inshallah when you decide, not when you tell people. It's not necessarily when you tell people. When you decide, maybe when you decide at the time when you're telling people, it could also happen. Like for example, you you are companions and you want to decide whether you ought to get travel tomorrow or not. So then you make a decision with all people to say inshallah. So that you're telling them also and you're making a decision. But sometimes you already have made decision with inshallah. Now you only tell about your decision. Then you don't need inshallah. Because there is no need for Inshallah. Because Inshallah was for the future to happen. And that you already there. It is also information. For the, there is no Inshallah for information. Try to understand. When people do something good to you, no doubt you have to say thank him, say, you know, shukra, shukran laka, jazakumullah khairan, may Allah reward you, things like that. Good words always are good anyway. And mostly dua in the absence is much, much better. But there is no need for Inshallah there. It is just make, may Allah reward you. That's enough. You don't say, may Allah reward you, Inshallah. So what what meaning here? Because may Allah reward you already means Allah is no reward. Allah does not mean any, any, any other body to help him. May Allah reward you, is enough. If you say I do something, then you need inshallah. But you say Allah does something, that you need inshallah for Allah. But it's for Allah. If I, in, if I do, if I do something for the future, then I say inshallah. But if Allah does something, he does not mean inshallah. He is the one who controls everything anyway. So when you say, may Allah reward you, you don't need to say inshallah. So try to understand this properly, and I always try to understand the words properly. So that's one thing, I don't want to criticize this mosque, but actually every mosque is something. Very, very in the mosque, what is happening here, they teach, you know, Islam of the habit. They are not teaching Islam of thinking, understanding what they mean really. They don't teach it. And that's why when the children grow up, this Islam is like clothes. They take it off, nothing actually means much in life. Islam should go deep in the mind and deep in the heart. Explain to them what Inshallah means really. Inshallah is the great word. Sheikh, even when you, what I don't understand is, even when you've taken the decision, you still don't control the forces that will generate the future. Even though you've taken that decision, it's not for certain that it will, it will occur. So why, why can't we say Inshallah after we've taken the decision? Because that event hasn't occurred yet. No, when you, when you said I'm going to do this, you said if Allah will, so you do that anyway. Well, that's what Allah wants from you. Allah wants from you to realize that your efforts are enough. Except if Allah wills, and that you did. What Allah commanded, you have done this. Now He is telling you what you have planned, what you determined, that's fine. Allah Swt never asks you that when you tell about your decision, keep telling inshallah Allah. Allah wants to, to make between you and Allah. You tell to Allah Swt that, oh Allah, I have done this best. Now it will not happen except if you will. He wants to make it between you and your Lord. Ibadah is between you and your Lord, nothing to do with the people. Nothing to do with the people, just between you and Lord. So don't make Islam a habit. 
when we say inshallah with everybody it basically becomes word of mustaq future meaning it Muslims in the future of our time that they keep saying inshallah it loses its meaning inshallah is ibadah it basically is a religious tawakkul tawakkul is the highest iman inshallah means that oh my lord I have done my best but still I believe it will not happen unless you want that is between you and your lord you tell him and then if anybody asks about your decision tell them simple decision then Allah did not command you that you say inshallah it will take time to understand this thing but this actually you know, it is not me only the ulama also have been telling the same thing you know but I am saying is in the, in the society like istikhara one of the things I criticize in this country very heavy is istikhara the same problem people don't understand really that what Allah wants needs what you need to do and what Allah has to do you need to do proper every arrangement properly then trust him alone but you want Allah to do everything for you you have to choose your wife but you want Allah to choose you but why Allah is going to choose your wife why can't you choose yourself you have given your mind and think and understand choose yourself but no we want Allah to choose Assalamualaikum Shaykh um, just in relation to the type of shirk you were talking about like the people of the cave um, fled to the cave um, to prevent like them submitting to the uh, the people of the cave uh, fled to the cave to actually prevent uh, themselves from submitting to the will and authority of the people outside. So, when, you, when a person submits to a secular society or a constitution, is that shirk as well? Like for example, back home in Dublin, uh, there was a referendum where now gay marriages are legal in Ireland. So when you vote yes or no uh, in that type of election, are you submitting yourself to the authority that you accept the result at, at the end of it, even if it's yes or no. Because yeah. that's going against the will of God, for example. No, it's a very important so, question. So it's, it's, it's unnatural, it's against the will of God. So even, like the result was yes. So now uh, gay marriages are legal over there. So if someone had voted, are you voting, even if you're voting no, do you, are you like, submitting yourself to accept the result of that? You know, that's exactly one of the big confusion in, 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 in the world happening for a long time. When these Muslim political movements happen, they really create so much confusion in the world. So people don't understand really that what it means, what, what really shirk is. As many people think really that if you live in this country, if any country, and you, do, you follow any law which is man-made, not made by light shirk. If you follow the man-made law, it is shirk. And if you vote for the people who are going to enforce man-made law, it is shirk. Is this the question that you are asking? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, the people are making like that. Many, many Muslim movements you know, have been doing in Egypt and all those things. And then they do make everybody kafir. So they, if you basically vote for non-Muslim regime or people who don't follow Quran Sunnah, it is kufr. And they say, you know, uh, and if you obey any law other than law of Allah, it is kufr. This is really big, big misunderstanding. Try to understand this matter properly. Allah, the way in this matter always is, about the laws and about the things which can, can organize society properly. In that one, you know, when it comes to society and the state, Allah the way is that the believers only, you know, implement or follow the laws of Allah when they are in full control of the society and the state. If they are not in full, full control, then they should be following the laws of the people who are running, you know, the state and, and, and the society. And there's no harm in that. Because you're not worshipping them. I give example for example. Like for example, Isa a.s. He was in the Roman Empire. Or Zakaria a.s. All these prophets they are in Roman Empire. They are part of the Roman, Roman Empire. And the laws are Roman, Roman laws. 
बट यू नेवर कैन सी दिस यूर टीचिंग एनी बडी रिबेल अगेंस्ट रोमन लॉ डोंट फॉलो रोमन लॉ बिकॉज इज शिफ्ट नो बिकॉज दिस एक्चुअली इज नॉट रिक्वायर फ्रॉम बिकॉज दे डोंट कंट्रोल दिस स्टेट देट्रोल पावर वट दे इफ ए मुस्लिम गेट्स अ पावर एंड देज इन कंडीशन टू फॉलो अल्लाह लॉ स्टिल ही डज नॉट डू देन इट विल प्रॉब्लम फॉर ना फूल अल्लाह मेड जकत ओबलीगेटरी एंड बिलीवर्स बट वेन वेन यू मनी इफ डोंट हैव ने सॉब देन दो जकत पानी तो सिमिलरली फॉर एग्जाम्पल कटिंग द हैंड विद ओबलीगेटरी एंड द बिलीवर बट वेन वेन यू पावर इट इज नॉट दैट यू नो यू नीवर समथिंग जस्ट गो एंड कट द हैंड कटिंग द हैंड इज प्रोसेस मीनिंग इज देर इज स्टेट यू हैव पावर देन द केस विल गो टू द कोर्ट एंड जज विल डिसाइड एंड ही विल ऑर्डर टू कट द हैंड इज नॉट एन इंडिविजुअल कैन कम एंड कट द हैंड So try to understand properly that in all the laws in the world, or at least Islamic law or any law, the only laws which are clearly, you know, criminal law, laws pertaining to society, they are only relevant when you have control and power over the society. If you don't have, then simple matter is follow the justice of the country where we live. That actually is understood by all the Muslims very clearly. Muslims have been living in minorities many many countries in the world, and they always understood properly. They used to live in minority. and he used to follow the laws of the country even before islam like i said all these prophets isa islam and maryam islam they lived as minority and they had no problem muslims in india for long long time they have been living under british rule then after that after indian rule and all muslim ulama they have given fatwa no doubt you have to follow the laws of the country because you don't have power but you know somehow these political movements came in egypt and also in india jamaat islami and they taught something new to the people that you know in political matters if you don't if you follow the laws of the country it is shirk and you become kafir This is really big thing as misunderstanding. It never happened in Islam, and the Quran mentions the story of Isa Islam, and the Quran never criticizes him that he he obeys the law of, of the country. No, that's what he can do. He never can do anything else anyway. He has to obey the law of country. So Isa Islam, Zakaria Islam, Maryam Islam, Yahya Islam, four great prophets, and all four of them they are grown up in the Roman Empire. A Roman Empire that time was pagan. It was not Christian. It became Christian very late, and they never rebelled. Never ask people to disobey them. No, you follow them because this is how Allah's law is. So try to understand this thing properly. When you live in a country, then live as a citizen of that country. If you are not happy, then move. Then go and create your own country. But when you live, you live here. Yeah, make your own country. But it is very wild manner that you live somewhere with the loyalty or something like that, and then you rebel and, and disobey. Allah never taught like that. Never Allah Allah did. Yeah. Abdul Kamal, there's no obedience to an act. In the spirit of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, I'm really concerned that if what they command me to do, it in direct um, opposition to what Allah has con- commanded, I'm really concerned that. Yeah. I mean, if something is neutral, understandable. Yeah. If that opposition. Yeah. If the pure tyrant and they force you to worship other than Allah, in that matter, what happening is, if you have any power to move away, not rebel. If, because you cannot rebel because you don't have power. If you can move away from there, do hijra, then hijra becomes obligatory. Listen properly. When you because when you have no power, but if somebody says you are not allowed to worship Allah, cannot about it. They really stop you. No fasting, no zakat, no hajj. You cannot worship your Lord. All those things they force you. Then you have no choice, I know, but to leave. If you have escaped, if you don't have time to leave, then at least in your heart worship your Lord. So people at the cave, they have choice to go at least to the cave. There they manage because they you know they were persecuted. So similarly, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did hijra. Ibrahim Sallam did hijra. Then hijra becomes obligatory, but it is not allowed that you rebel against the people. It is not allowed because when you are weak, you cannot rebel. You have to do hijra, and then after hijra, leave the people and go make your own place. And once you make your own place, then you can fight whatever you like. But living with the people and fight them, Islam never allowed like that. It never allowed. So uh, if people, if people become so so strong against you, 
they don't allow to worship Allah, they certainly, you have Allah SWT allows you, Allah SWT tells the Quran, you have to leave. Then go somewhere else where you can worship your Lord properly. As we Indians have done Hijrah here for money. So why can't I do Hijrah for Islam, if you think? But at the moment I tell you really, that in the country that where you live, you can follow Islam much more freely than Muslim countries, I tell you. In some Muslim countries, if you grow a beard, you have problem. Have problem. In some Muslim countries, if you pray all five prayers in the mosque, you have a problem. In many, many Muslim countries, so many problems are happening. At the moment, really, you should thank Allah, He will give more space. But if you don't thank Him, the space that we are given, my fear is that also will become more and more narrow. Um, just to follow on from that, um, like for example, um, um, any Muslim country and the constitution of any Muslim country, um, to be a member of the United Nations, they have to submit to the will of the United Nations Security Council. And articles of the Security Council number 23 and 24 state that uh, their law is the supreme law, their authority is the supreme authority, and there's no other authority above that. So if any country is submitting to that, are they submitting to shirk as well? No, no, not at all. The reason is, I measure things that depend how much power you got. Do you think really Pakistan has got a power? To be, to, to live in United Nations? But, but the United countries, Saudi Arabia has got a power. Do you really think Saudi Arabia is independent to rule the world? You know, don't understand how weak Muslim nations are. In the weakness, you don't expect from them what Islam people do. You know, they pray properly, fast properly, finish there, and do zakat and hajj, and all the things, what they can do, you don't worry about this. You know, so if they can do those things, you can start with the political Islam. How much Muslims can do? If you want to bring in all those reforms of political polls, it's impossible. It never can happen. People can make any theory. You can see there are Salafah movements, there are there are so many gurus. They can discuss and argue with the paper. But in reality, they have no power. They can't change anything. Reality actually is what you can do what you can do. That Allah will do. Then Allah will give you more space. Prophet and Messenger don't discuss things which will happen after a few years. They discuss what they need to do now. Then the next step will come. That's how they have been doing. Assalamu alaikum um, I think I missed when you said the ayah فَقَالُوا بْنُوا عَلَيْهِمْ بُنْيَانَ الرَّبُّهُمْ عَلْمُوا بِهِمْ How do we know these people are secular people? Can you say that? You know the, the people that said uh, build a building over them uh, their Lord knows them best. فَقَالُوا بْنُوا عَلَيْهِمْ بُنْيَانَ الرَّبُّهُمْ عَلْمُوا بِهِمْ How do we know these are secular people? I think you said they were Secular people? You know, thing really is, you know, I, you know it's not that I, I have full knowledge. Meaning is, when you look at this, uh, 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 what they're discussing is, you can see they say make any building. So generally what happens is, when people, sects are there, so every sect would like to make a, a building with their own symbols. Some people like shrine, certain way, some people like this. This thing to make a building, it actually happens to a farmer, for people who are not religious. They just want to make any memorial building. So I'm just, you know, making one interpretation that, you know, it could be likely that these people, they are the people who are not connected to any sector. They are like more independent, more secular, more neutral, you can say. Not secular, me, neutral. So they think they're not, they say, okay, don't worry, don't make, because if you, you are fighting this building, that building, make a neutral building, I'm trying to say. That's what, because there are groups. It is very clear from the Quran that there are groups. So some say this, some say this. And now want to make sense, who said what? So bunyan only can, more likely can be from those who don't have any sex. But I certainly we don't have knowledge. There's no knowledge that I don't have any revelation to matter. To just, you know, think that to make sense of what, what, what's happening. Uh, Sheikh, when you said about uh, eating Tayyip food, 
uh, does it include only um, eating the food uh, from ourselves, or is it, does it also extend to people who are inviting us or offering us food? Somebody said, I think I have a hearing problem. I cannot hear. Akhlaq, you have. Can you, can you repeat the question? Can you say when you now? said about uh, tayyib, eating tayyib food, tayyib food, do we have to consider uh, this ruling when people invite us to their houses? or? Oh, it's okay. You know, very, very easy. For fasting, for, 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 one, for oneself, should be very careful. Like I should be careful by myself, my family, family, everybody. When somebody is inviting you for the food, that's actually a problem. Because generally we don't want to boycott Muslims. So generally we understand if somebody is Muslim and there's no proof that they have haram income, you should accept. You should not investigate really unnecessarily that what your income is. Because Muslims, we assume they could be right. Except if somebody, you know, very clearly known that they do all haram business, something like that. When people do haram business, so what we do if the haram is more than the halal? then no doubt be careful and if uh, haram is less than halal uh, if haram is you know less and halal is more then you can go and we assume that he is haram and he is <coughs> his halal food that we assume because you know, in this world really everybody has mixed food anyway so that we assume so if people are invited and they have got mixed income and halal is more than haram fine if haram is more than halal then at least ulama should not attend people who are scholars and leaders leading people in the community they should not attend but common people still can go because you know people of relation and all society and all those matters, they still will say that 40% halal, maybe you think from halal and they eat from haram. But those who are the leaders, commanders and you know, examples for the people, they should not attend. They should be avoiding those things. But unless, but when you have proof, you don't leave Muslims invitation just by, by imagination. You know, it should be proper proof. None of Muslims don't follow your rule anyway. None of Muslims say, you know, whatever they invite is that's fine. For none, that's not a problem. Online. Okay, I'll take the online question and then we'll come back, inshallah. Uh, the first question is, since the Quran used masjid for the place of worship for these people who are Christians, does that mean uh, that they used to do sujood? Or is masjid used for any place of worship in the Quran? No, no, no. Okay. You know, in this, in there never has been a prayer by any prophet without sajda. It never happened really. All the prophets will do sajda. Every sajda always has been sajda is always important part. When people, you know, change, no doubt, sajda is so difficult for them anyway. So first thing they change, Jews and Christian, they know they remove the sajda, but sajda always has been there. So it could be by that time, still they are in good people. They do sujda, they are praying properly, and they still call their place of worship as masjid. So Quran is using the word that they used to use. So maybe masjid was used up to that time. Later on, it becomes something else. It could be, and it could be must have been used just about Ma'abat, just a place of worship, not the same size there. And the second question is, from ayah number 22, can we also interpret that speculating about politics, conspiracy theories, etc. is forbidden or disliked? Are there additional evidences for this? Conspiracy theory actually is useless. People think really, when you talk about conspiracy, it is also work. Talking about the conspiracy is no work. Just waste of time. Tell me when people, some people think that the big knowledge that they have discovered is conspiracy. So what? If you discover somebody has conspiracy, what are you going to do? What are you going to, how going to help you? So all the time really about conspiracy. Why don't you do duty? People who hate you, make them your friend. People who make conspiracy against you, make them to love you. 
why, why can't we do something, something more useful? So talking about conspiracy is one of the you know, worst things to establish. At least when people talk about the theory of, if people have what the number is, there is some knowledge. But theory of conspiracy, you know, all this conspiracy, no knowledge other than you know, corruption of the mind and all the things. It's the same thing like when people talk, talk about Islamic State and power and Salafa, doing nothing and just talking about some, something. It's a waste of time. Do what you can do. Pray properly. Absolutely. Somebody talk about Khalafa. And then I was thinking, this person must be a you know, big mind, large person. I asked him to say Adhan. He did not know how to say Adhan. So I was thinking, really, the Khilafah has become just a word. People talk about big thing and they even don't know how to say Adhan. Even cannot read the Quran properly. You know, Allah SWT will ask you in the day of judgment what you could do, not what you could talk. Think properly. What you can do, that's actually what is important for you. So this is really waste of time. Muslims should avoid all the discussion and arguments. And now many of these Khilafah and states, that argument discussion, nothing else really, nothing, nothing happening. You know, real thing is, do what you can do. Learn the Quran. Many of those people don't know Arabic language. I told some of them, because in Oxford, these people are a big number, now there's nobody there, but in the past there's been a lot of numbers. I said to them, all this discussion, they used to invite me as well, I said, discussing all this matter, if you spend that time learning Arabic language, something good for you. You know the Quran, you rely on other people's writing, you, you yourself don't know what Quran says. You have certain verses which quote about Khilafah and state, and you quote from the people. You don't know what Quran says. Why don't you learn your book? So the time they spend in all these actual discussion arguments really so much wasted. And now they need to regret it. They say really that you know, we have wasted so much time in this thing and now we realize that we didn't learn properly. Learn properly. You know, do what you can do. So you know, it's very, very bad. That is Quran teaching. Don't discuss matters which are not going to benefit you. Teach, learn, discuss things which are going to help you. People, Muslims really should learn ibadah, how to worship the Lord. They should learn halal and haram. They should learn Arabic language. They should learn the Quran and Sunnah. They should learn how to obey Allah. They should learn his Sunnah. Sunnah the Prophet Allah. That's what the useful knowledge is. But discussion is never useful. Okay. A question, uh, Sheikh. You said all scholars agree that it is not permissible to eat Zabiha uh, halal food that's purchased from haram money. I've read that some scholars say it is makru. Is there a legitimate difference of opinion here? You know, what I'm trying to say is that food being tajib is more important than it's being halal, slaughtered by, by Muslim. About slaughtered by Muslim, they can find difference of opinion. But about tajib, there's no difference of opinion. Muslims are more concerned about slaughter, about the viha, which actually is a, which is still has some khilaf. But food should be tajib, there's no difference. But people are not concerned about that. People are always concerned that you know whether the slaughter is for Allah or not. So much concern. But your income, which actually matters, is it halal or not? That they don't care. That I'm trying to say. You know, food being tajib is more important than it's being halal the way we think. That was a Quranic way to make a fact to make your income pure. Okay. Sheikh, uh, can you expand more about the using the word? Uh, inshallah, in some detailed examples. It is not still clear. And the second question related to that is, what's the difference between saying Insha'Allah and Bi'ithnillah? And? Bi'ithnillah, okay, that's a good question really, actually start with that one. Bi'ithnillah actually is ignorance of Arabic language. To try to understand, Bi'ithnillah has no meaning really. You know what it means? It means if Allah commands me. So how, you cannot live Allah, if Allah commands me, so how can I know His command? You say, I will, I will travel to Mecca if Allah commands me. So now they say there, Allah is not going to command you anyway. He is going to reveal to you. Think properly. Even means command. That's why it means. 
if Allah gives permission to me, if Allah commands, if I come to Allah, oh, then Allah comes. If I mean command, if I come to command, Allah never is word of trakkul. It is really bad manner, not understanding, ignorance of Arabic language. It is popular among Arab people, non Arab both. And whenever I see Arabs, Arabs, I correct them as well, and also non Arabs. It is really ignorance. The word is inshallah. Inshallah, if Allah wills, because your knowledge and your effort are not sufficient without Allah's will. That's what you need to say, if Allah wills. But if Allah commands to tell me what will happen, I go to, if my messenger can say, if prophet can say, I will not move unless, unless Allah commands. So then he can wait for Allah's command. He gets a revelation. But why you say if Allah commands? So Allah is a very, it is very ignorance of Arabic language and ignorance of the manner. It's not right manner. Right of right is to say, Inshallah. Not Bezni. Don't say Bezni If anybody says Bezni Allah, correct him. So Bezni is not Sunnah. It never has come from the Prophet It never has been taught in the Quran. Now you have to say what? If Allah wills. If, inshallah. Not if Allah commands. Because if Allah commands, how can you know? Do you know His command? To be is not never. It never has come anywhere. The Prophet never said Bezinillah. He said Inshallah. The companies never said Bezinillah. They said Inshallah. But now has come Bezinillah. Because people want to make a new way. So that's what they do. So that's not all. So as I mentioned actually, Inshallah is used there. In the, you know, first thing learn, Inshallah is you know, the word, it's not just some word by mouth. Inshallah is the word of tawakkul. To first understand what I mean. Tawakkul means trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And trust means what? Trust means that you have done everything possible, but you believe that whatever you have done, it is not enough to produce the future. Unless Allah wills. Because there are so many factors which you don't know. And there are so many forces which you don't control. Allah controls. And without those factors, without those forces, nothing will happen. If, except Allah wills. So that's why you need to connect your effort with Allah's will. So you have to say that, you know, if, when you decide something, that I decide, you know, to travel somewhere, to do something in the future, to, you know, decide that, you know, I'm going to decide this, I, I must do this, but if Allah wills. But when you tell about your decision to the people, then you don't need to say if Allah wills. Quran says, When you make a determination, then trust in Allah. But when you tell about the, to the people about your determination, then you don't need to say tawakkal to Allah. You don't, you don't need to do that. Tawakkul is your action. Ibadah is between the people and the Lord, not between the people and people. You don't need to tell people, inshallah. You need to tell people, tell Allah, that, oh Allah, I, I made decision, but it will only happen if you will, inshallah. Is it clear? I think it should be clear. You know, I should, from very beginning, I made it clear. Inshallah is used when you de- decide something, not when you tell about your decision. Okay. Uh, nowadays, people make a ruling that people can keep dogs as pets since people of the cave had a pet dog. How correct is this uh, interpretation? You know, the dog was on the entrance. That was not inside the cave. Think properly. That was, everybody was always in the line that you can have dogs to guard your house, to guard your farm, to guard your field. There's no harm in that. Nobody said it's not allowed. You can have dogs for hunting for so many purposes. But dogs are not allowed inside the house. That's what Islamic ruling is. Inside the house, if the dogs are there, and just will not come. But if the dogs are outside the house, then there's no harm. They can happen. Dogs, dogs can be outside, in, you know, on the entrance. So nobody starts from that. I, I just wanted a clarification of the bi'ithnillah and inshallah. From what I understood is that bi'ithn by the permission and the will of Allah, uh, not the commander, because in general people, when they use it uh, amongst some of the people that I've, I've uh, sort of associated with, the understanding was that 
when they say inshallah or bi'ithnillah, it is by the permission of Allah and by the will of Allah means exactly the same thing. Which means um, uh, that whether you say uh, by inshallah or by bi'ithnillah, you're saying, I will not be able to do anything unless Allah wills it. That is how, the way they, I was told. So I, I don't know um, whether that... Uh, yeah, that I'm saying is ignorance of our language. But then I know language means to, per, to give permission. So for example, you say to your father, Oh my father, I'm traveling. Do you uh, permission? Do you per, give permission? And he says, Yeah, I give permission. He says, I command your permission. That, that is easy. And, and will is different matter. Will of Allah is different. Permission is by word. How can you have permission? Unless he tells you. So you say, I'm not going to travel except if Allah permits me. So tell me, how can Allah permit How can Allah command you? Hmm? In English language, to, to permit someone to do something is not in the power of a person um, if, you, if you're a believer in God. It means only God may permit something, no, no. but you may just it's, request no, it. That actually the word is will. Will for that. Adena in Arabic language comes actually. Adena is from Udun. Udun means ear. When somebody said and you hear, that Adena means it. Adena means when you hear something. Adana comes from the Udum. Adana means, like I ask permission to use something I, I hear from my ear. That, do you hear from Allah? No. That's why. You see, a simple thing in this matter is, Allah, the Messenger, Allah, never use Bismillah. If you can prove any hadith, that's something, we follow that because we, we have to obey Allah, His Messenger. The companions never say Bismillah. Now, Arab people say, because Arab people actually at the moment, they have forgotten their own language. There are many, many misuse in Arabic, Arabic language. Many, many, not only this, many, many things. So they misuse and now none Arab people, they follow them. So that was what happening. So Bezanillah does not mean Inshallah. Eden and Mashiach, they are two different words. In Arabic language, Eden and Mashiach, they are two different words, two different meanings. Mashiach is will and Eden is allowing of permission and command. Will can hear that from Udun. So they are two different things. Allah is never can be known without revelation. Yesterday you were talking about um, that fasting should be till sunset. Uh, just uh, just wanted some more clarification. So, um, and you said if the if the night and day is 24 hours, or because suppose if uh, because right now in uh, say if you go north, say Finland, Norway, um, and Finland is the southernmost, so they do have a proper sunset, but it is at 11:30 p.m. So for for them, should they follow the sun? I mean, the the principle is: should you follow the sun uh, all the time? Because if if you know fasting is 11:30, then or if and then after prayer is you know after that, and there is no isha, so then uh, where when is dawn? And then uh, how do how does the whole society, like for example, children who are going to school, then they can't pray because it's so late and they have to sleep. You know, for adults you can tell them, but for, you know, for people who have... So, f- is there some, some like, for is there some particular ruling, like, below this latitude, this is possible after this latitude? Is there something like that, or...? You know, I explained properly. May, I think maybe I want to write it properly. Anyway, if the day and night alternate within 24 hours, then sunset will happen anyway. Sunset will be the real mark. Other things will not happen. Dawn will not happen. Darkness will not come. For that we have to guess. So for example, if the night is very, very short, we can pray Maghrib and then after a few minutes, we can pray Isha. And then after that, we can pray Fajr, whatever we can do. Because that guessing can happen. But sunset is very clear mark. That should be respected in all those countries. You know, as they, sometimes day is so long, then also sometimes day is very short as well. And other people compare that as well. 
and i mentioned to you actually real problem really is not how long hours of fasting are real problems actually are in the hot countries there's a real problem if you go to india in the in the villages in the summer where there's no nothing to cool yourself even if the normal hours in the, in the in the june and may it's so hard so so difficult you can imagine much much more difficult than this so that's what the real suffering is so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the climate different the climate of those is different from, from the climate of these people and actually even this country you know there are people those they live in england but they fast the same hours as people of norway because these people they pray for at 1:30 so see how short their night is so even these people their night very short and they can man they can survive no harm there people can do this thing you know and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes enables people you know fasting even if people fast for 12 hours ask people who are not believers they can imagine that so it's allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who helps people to make that also that that will help do and trust in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will help you inshallah Um, it was just on the issue of voting uh, I've seen that you said that Like if there's the law of the country And you quoted the example of Isa salam, Yahya, Zakaria They were obeying and following the law That was already in place But in terms of voting A lot of people would say voting You're selecting between two things So for example you gave The deal of um, you know, giving zakah you, can only, you only have to give it if It's only obligatory when you have money But say for example somebody said now There's two things and it's part of the law of the country you have to decide which one the money is going to go to so either the money goes towards fundraising for uh, secularism atheism or something like that and then the, the other option is uh, money for i don't know raising money for homosexuals or something like that so you only have two choices and that's part of the law that you have to select one or the other so you have to vote yes for one or or, or no for them then how is that because there's a difference between obeying and following the law and selecting or voting rather than just sitting back and say I'll, I'll I'll follow the law I'll obey it but I won't vote it so the examples of the why is it obligatory in the country that you must vote for people no no but I'm asking you so I'm saying why why the problem anyway but, but one thing is it problem will happen when you don't obey the law but problem not that you must vote no. you know many people many many white people they they're not Muslim they don't go for voting it's not problem because people have, you know you know people have, have no idea Muslims have no idea Because people come from India and Pakistan, they, they think really the parties here are like India and Pakistan party, where one party comes and then everything changes. Parties here are like two different brands of the same thing. You know, if you buy washing machine, two different brands, you know, it is not that they just get to a political, you have to, they, they the same thing. One of my friends is telling after that I want to, went to buy washing machine and I was looking for a particular brand. I did not find it, I was coming out. So you know, one of the managers said to me that, you know, what are you looking at? I said, this machine. He said, no, buy this. I said, no, no, I'm looking for this brand. He said, I tell you the truth. Both are the same thing. Just two different names we have given. I said, why? He said, just two people have a choice. So, you know, don't worry about this matter. Really. Most time in the Western countries, actually parties, they don't make much difference. Just people know really. At the end of the day, policies are clearly made by so many factors. You know, policies are... You know, in democracy, democracy is a way of rule where nobody knows where power lies. Nobody knows. People really don't know. People, you say Prime Minister does, Prime Minister thinks no Parliament does, Parliament thinks no. There are other, in fact, so many, media does something, there are so many, you know, you don't know really where power is coming from. It's not that the party you vote, they are going to decide every single thing. There are so many problems. Don't worry about this, but simple thing really is, do what you can do best. 
simple thing is learn your prayer learn your fasting learn your zakat be pious fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make your nikah halal be kind to the people be nice to the people fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fear the day of judgment ask allah for advice you know prove that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give more but you know we are not understand why there is so much concern but actually anyway the thing really is this is not relevant to that i have taught a whole course on you know on politics in islam so much detail so if you are interested they can listen to that those which faisal you have to announce about that because i don't want to make you know something else i spent the whole day about this matter and i spent every single minute all these questions came really i answered them properly and it is taught them properly from the quran from the sunnah and the opening to ulama if you listen that inshallah you can know my opinion um how does the quran use inshallah like i remember in surah fath the quran says la tadkhuluna al-masjid al-haram inshallah how does the quran use inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to messengers and companions should not be full sure that he will help him. He is saying that you still have to trust in Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making the right manner. You will enter, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, don't think that you know it will help him. It is only if Allah wishes. So trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remain all the time. You know, in the, understand one thing, inshallah is the word of trust. Inshallah is not a word of to say something in the future. People feel like that. Inshallah is only the word of trust. تبکل میننگ از آئی ڈونٹ میک اینی تھنگ اللہ میک سمپل تھنگ It is not a culture that in the future you will enter first and say inshallah. And tawakkul is the highest iman. So tawakkul is, you know, inshallah is the word of iman. Like, you know, these people, Allah SWT teaching the Prophet don't say except inshallah meaning is what? It's the highest iman. That trust that nothing happens from you, you know, it only happens with Allah will. Meaning is you, you don't produce future. Allah makes future to happen. Sakhla Khair Shaykh, just wanted to quick questions um, the first is I don't understand the the dhameer in qala qailun minhum kam labistum why is it why is it all mukhatab and not you know um, uh, yani mutakallim you know why aren't they you know kam labisna yawman you know why is it what, it seems like one person is directing and controlling and you know um, you know ibathu ahadakum well, you know t- t- this qail is it seems like there's a leader amongst them and he's telling them you know yeah there's a particular leader And one of them said, this, people say, actually, some people say, it could be the person who is saying this, he is the leader. But we don't know exactly, no, he is the leader, could it be, or maybe you know, one of the important person among them. So one of them said to the people, to, uh, they are talking to each other, that's what the Quran says. It right. could be the person who is Qail, he could be the leader, and he could be an important person from them. Right. Okay, so there is no significance in that, if, you know, there is no significance, but we don't know. Okay. Uh, the other question is that the discussion was was about um uh yani mawt was it the ruh or the, or the jism so i don't understand where wa sa'ata la riba fiha that that doesn't seem appropriate in this context because that that wasn't the discussion here the discussion was about not they all believed in the day of judgment they just didn't believe as to whether the soul would rise or whether the body would rise so why is that why is that statement there it could be among them some of them actually did not have proper belief about sa'a hour could it be something like no Like, no, like Hindus or something like that, not properly. The reason why, actually, because this impossibility has been raised. So once that possibility has been established, then the question is raised. 
Some people actually have problem you know, how the body will be raised. So that was the problem with, with the day of Qiyamah. Not because you know, a, a reward will not happen. That's why Hindu people, for example, they believe in the reward in this world. They think it's reincarnation. Because they don't understand how to be raised. So they think reincarnation. So people have no problem with the reward. So it could be some people. Because the thing is, when people move away from the teaching of the online messenger, then all the time corruption happens. So much corruption you cannot imagine. So as it is, there's no doubt about that. As it should be, not as you think. If the Amir is, you know, enter a Rasul Sallallahu then does that mean that this discussion was happening up until the Prophet time? They were still discussing the number? Yeah, I mean, say, it actually, about the time the Prophet Sallallahu when Jews are Christian, they are discussing the number, so the Prophet said, don't ask them, you know, don't go in detail, and tell them that, you know, Allah knows their, in their number best. Yet, about that time. So this is like 2,000 years on, they're still discussing yeah. the number? Because, yeah, then people are discussing among the Christians. Continuously, for a long time, they never knew what the number is. Okay. People have been guessing. You know, it is a big story for the Christian people. It is a big, big story. The same people of whatever number, they disappear for a long period. They say 200, nearly 200 years. For 200 years, they disappeared. And suddenly, they appear. It is a big story. Yeah, they have this story in, in different Christian traditions. Yeah, yeah, it is alive. You know, Sleepers. The story, and, the right, yeah. eh? This story is very much alive in the tradition. Yeah. Okay, Sheikh, uh, just to finish off the last question, somebody wants clarification. I've noticed that when people ask you a question to Sheikh, starting off with salam, you don't answer the salam. Is the etiquette of asking question in, in classes to say salam before asking the question or not? Could be quite here or could be, you not think properly. You know, if you say salam, I should say wa alaikum salam. Maybe I don't realize it, you didn't realize we hope you enjoyed today's episode please support us so we can continue to bring you world-class content at www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org forward slash donate and please don't forget to subscribe to deepdean.tv for more islamic studies content in hd videos assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh